Influencers, inspiration, and Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. This is Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Here's Connor Begley. So excited. Uh, second interview of the day, second interview ever. Wow. You are the number two person. Um, and I can't be more excited for this interview either. Um, so for background, I met Jordan a little while ago, maybe a few years ago, yes. um, while you're at ColourPop, mm-hmm. you gave me my first official tour wow. of the ColourPop facilities, <laughs> which was so cool. I got to make my own, um, my own eyeshadow, mm-hmm. which, shadow. uh, yeah, super shock shadow, which was amazing, which was also, that was the product you guys launched with, right? Mm-hmm. That's our OG baby. There you go. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. So first of all, I wanted to really thank the Ipsy team again, um, specifically Nick and Robert, who have helped us set up this amazing studio, which happened in all of a morning, which is pretty wild. Um, yeah, so I want to thank them, as well as the team that helped coordinate it, Doak, Elizabeth, um, and Jen. Um, so I want to start with that. Second, I am so excited today. I feel like I'm, I have the second half of the ColourPop magic <laughs> on here. Um, and Ashton's actually still in the studio with us, which is super fun. So we might have her hop in with a few comments here and there. We'll see how For that sure. goes. Um, but yeah, uh, so the reason I'm so excited is, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Jordan, um, was the first marketing hire at ColourPop and actually started while she was still in school, which is wild because now ColourPop is the number one brand we track in all of EMV, <laughs> which is a really big accomplishment. Um, and is growing at, like I said, in the last, last episode, over 108% year over year, um, when the whole industry is down 8%. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a, a, an unbelievable uh, acceleration over the last five years. Yeah. So I'm so excited to learn more about that because now I get to grill you with all the questions <laughs> I would want to ask you if I could get an hour of your time. And now Perfect. I haven't. It's great. Um, and so that's why I'm so excited today. Um, and then separately, what's also really exciting um, is Jordan has launched her own brand, uh, called Insert Name Here uh, with Sharon and Kevin. So Sharon Pack and mm-hmm. Kevin Gould, yes. right? Yep. Um, and so we'll get to talk about that first. And I think we'll, you know, first we'll talk about your background. Then we'll talk a little bit about Insert Name Here and, you know, what that entrepreneurial journey was like for those that want to learn about it. Um, and then we'll talk about the early days of ColourPop and just what, you know, what that was like. Sounds good. Does that feel I'm good? excited. Okay. So first off, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Tell them a little bit. I just learned that you were formerly a farm girl, <laughs> which, uh, would, you know, is not what I would have expected. Yeah. So, so tell me about, like, well, this is even really far back. What's it like to be a farm person? Like, I don't know. <laughs> a farm person. A farmer. <laughs> a farmer. Like, what did your family farm? And, um, like, what was that? Or just... Tell me about that experience and then how you ended up in L.A. and yeah. yeah. So actually, I would say that my family are ranchers okay. farmers. Okay. So I misled you a little bit earlier. Okay. Um, and a lot of people actually don't know the difference between farmer and rancher. Cattle? Yes, cattle. Yep. So we did cattle, sheep, um, stuff like that. And I was animals versus like vegetables. Exactly. Yep. No, we didn't do any corn or I mean, we had our own garden, but we weren't like. Do ranchers it. look down on farmers? No, I think it's mostly like geographic location. Okay. So okay, in okay. in Montana and Wyoming, I would say bulk of people are farmers. Okay. Or I mean, you, ranchers. You grew up in Montana. I grew up in both actually, because um, okay. my parents are divorced, so I, yep. my time was fairly split. Yeah. And both very very small towns. Um, yeah. But my original hometown, a very small. There's actually it's a population of 300. Okay. Um, there you go. As we were talking a little bit earlier, but that's um, wild. That's like yeah. my high school class. Yes, the, there's 300 well, people. That high school class, there was six kids. 
in my school class. Um, How do you have teachers? Like, do teachers have to be multidisciplinary? Yeah, all the teachers are multidisciplinary, but then also a lot of the classes are combined. So okay. basically, like, kindergarten through, I think, third grade combined. Um, yep. Most of middle school combined. Wow, kindergarten through third grade. Yeah. So it's like one teacher teaching seven classes to... Like, three kids. Kids. Are- <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, that's super, insane. Yeah, um, yeah, flexible, I guess. But how yeah. was that experience? Were there advantages to it? Because you had like continuity, right? You had like yeah. the same teacher over time that you could like, you know, develop a relationship with. And were there any advantages to it? I think some of the advantages is there's a lot more one on one than probably in a, yeah. in a larger school. 100%. So you get a lot more individual attention. Um, but then also when I started going to school in Montana, it's a little bit of a bigger class size. There was, I think there were 90 kids in my class and, and that was like huge for me. I went like, wow, holy cow, we're big time now. <laughs> um, and, but even I would say at both of those schools there, I think there, it's also like less clicky cause it's more of like a family vibe cause yeah. you really grow up with these people. So when I hear stories from my friends who grew up in LA, I'm just like, wow, I don't know how you did that because yeah. it's, it's like a whole world that you kind of have to deal with. And there's so many complexities and, at such a small school, there's not you're not people aren't really like getting in trouble. They're not really up to that much because everybody yeah. in town knows exactly like they'll see you in the truck with your new boyfriend and your mom knows before you get home that you're dating somebody. <laughs> there's only like, three guys you can date. Exactly, so, you know. <laughs> and word travels fast, so it's like the whole town is your babysitter. Um, That's so I, interesting. I, yeah, both in good and bad ways. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, very. I would say very sheltered. When I actually moved to LA and I started going to Pepperdine. Um, I didn't know who the Kardashians were. I didn't know who wow. Ellen DeGeneres was. I was too scared to drive on the freeway. So I got one of my first jobs. I was a jockey at the racetracks. And my friend would drive me every morning at 4 a.m. Because I was too scared. You mean jockey, like riding the horses? Yeah. I am so – I feel like I, like, turned over a rock. And there's just like, stop. I did not expect underneath it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. so many questions. Um, okay. So one, why did you move to L.A.? Like, what made you decide to move there? Um, two – um, I really, we're getting so off topic here, but would love to know about the jockey experience just briefly. <laughs> that was really short lived. I can tell you that really briefly because <laughs> I basically did it for a month. Um, I rode horses growing up, obviously yeah, rodeo yeah, yeah. is a sport at my school. Like wow, let, you can okay. let her in rodeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so when I moved here, I just really wanted to keep riding horses. And so I like signed up for this jockey thing and luckily I'm the right size for jockeying. So <laughs> well, um, that's cause you want to be small, right? You yeah. want to be like the guys that do jockeying or like hundred pounds. 100 110 mm-hmm. pounds. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very dangerous sport, but I. Super dangerous. Yeah, it's like one die. of the most dangerous, actually. Yeah. You get yeah, trampled. Yeah. Um, luckily, I didn't have any accidents. But I, like, I only did it for a month. And one of the reasons was because I was too scared to drive on the freeway. And my friend, after a month of driving me at 4 a.m., was like, We're not doing this anymore. <laughs> I was like, Okay, I'm going to do so. I started being a nanny. <laughs> I can't believe you're yeah. jockey. Yeah. Okay, keep yeah, going. Short-lived. Um, wait, what was the original question? LA. Why? Oh, LA, yeah. So, when I was growing up, um, I basically, I always wanted to live somewhere warm because it's freezing in Montana yep. and Wyoming, like negative 20 degrees yep. um, in the winter. And so I only applied to schools that were warm, essentially. And yep. then I, also my family, um, they told me ever since I was little, you're going to have to pay for school. So yep. you're going to have to figure it out. Figure it out, um, yeah. So I just applied to schools and wherever gave me the biggest scholarship, I went. I had never been before. Wow. I had no idea. Well, I thought I was going to be, when I went to Pepperdine, it's actually, I don't know if you're familiar. Familiar, but it's a, pretty, a little bit. It's a, little a small bit. school, and it's yeah. in Malibu, which Malibu is kind of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And so I thought I was going to be like in the city, and <laughs> I show up, and I'm in. And there's like horse ranches, and like yeah, you're yeah. in like a tiny beach town. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, is there culture shock? And I was like, no, because Malibu is basically Montana and Wyoming. Like 
that's funny. And I didn't have I didn't a car. I didn't think about that. Yeah. No, it's tiny. So you were really stranded out there. Oh, I was, was stranded. Yeah. And it's also a very bougie school. Like a lot of, of Lamborghinis, course. Ferraris. I went to school it's with like a private princesses. School. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. showed up with like a little suitcase. I had nothing. I had like a couple coats and I had like nothing that I brought. People in my dorm are like wallpapering the walls, like curtains. They'd brought in like their own beds. Like it was, I was like, what on earth is going on here? <laughs> Yeah, I did not have I went to a state school and like that was not the experience. Like I mean there's plenty of people that had money, but it was not the same kind of situation. Yeah, it was pretty unique. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean Ashton also went to Santa Clara, which is a private school. Yes. And I'm sure I know I mean I know people that went to Santa Clara and very similar experience. Yeah, so, I was shocked. Um okay, so then so you're at Pepperdine mm-hmm. and then how do you go from Pepperdine to ColourPop? Like how does that yeah. happen? Because you were still at Pepperdine mm-hmm. when you started working there, right? Yeah. So I was it even called ColourPop at the time, or was no. it like Seed Beauty? No, no, it wasn't. It didn't even have a name. Or Spat. Oh, okay. It had unnamed. No name. Um, so, so you applied for unnamed company. I didn't actually apply. They came oh. to me. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was a nanny. That kind of ended up being when jockeying didn't work out. I turned to nannying, and um, I was nannying for a family, a really amazing family. They took really good care of me. Taught me a lot, like what coach was. Um, yeah. And they, I guess, one of their friends who were the Nelsons, who are the owners of Seed Beauty and ColourPop, um, yep. they were another family that I had nannied for a couple times, and they oh, wow. were considering at the time they had Spatz Laboratories, yep. um, and they were considering launching their own brand, but it was really, really early stages. They didn't even yeah. know, really know what they wanted to do. So yeah. they were kind of asking around for somebody who was like a younger girl who was into makeup, and I at the time actually didn't wear any makeup, but I was really into hair. I did all the okay. braid bars at all the all these babysitting parties, um, and so... I went to the interview. I, I went up there and um, met Laura Nelson and instantly was like in love with her. She's amazing. Very yeah, charismatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so. Super charismatic. Yeah. She's great. She's moving. Yeah. She's. Yeah. She's so cool. She's, yeah, yeah. she's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. But it's an Oxnard. Yeah. Oh, I know. And <laughs> so I drive up. I'm driving up there and I'm like going through strawberry fields and like it's in these like old warehouses and we didn't have the Seed Beauty campus at the time. So it really was like warehouse vibes. So, so for those that don't know LA, how would you mm-hmm. describe like LA, like if you're on a map, where's LA, where's Malibu, where's Oxnard? Okay, so LA, I feel like most people probably know where that is. So yep. Malibu is obviously on the coast, a little bit more, a little, slightly more north. Yep. And then Oxnard is from from LA, is like an hour and a half north. Yeah. Also on the coast, but not beach vibes. Like. <laughs> Oxnard's not cool. How it was described to me has been described to me and continues to be described to me by people who come and visit Oxnard is it's like the armpit of California. <laughs> so I was born in Ventura, California, okay. which is really close to Oxnard. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think I actually lived in Oxnard. I didn't tell Ashton this. I lived in Oxnard for six months. Okay. And I was like really little. Six like six months. months well, we got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, then we moved north and yeah. whatever. But um, yeah, so I, I was in Oxnard for a very brief time. Yeah. Don't remember any of it, obviously. Yeah. It was like less than a year old. I actually, but. I lived there when I started working at ColourPop. I ended up living there for like three years. Now I actually really like Oxnard. It's like grown on you? Yeah, I really yeah. like it. I, there was, I lived in like a newer area, but it was really cute. And I, I don't, I kind of like like the agriculture vibes. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. not as much traffic. And so it has a bad rap, but I actually like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's closer to what you're used to, right? Yes. What you grew up with. Yes. Um, that's really cool. Oh, we're okay. saying how I got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay sorry. So yeah. nannying, get recommended. Drive up to Oxnard. I'm like, there's no way I'm working here. There's no way. I, I just can't drive here. This is so far and in the middle of nowhere. And I don't even like beauty. And so then <laughs> I 
But I meet Laura and I'm like, wow, she's really cool. And I was so poor at the time. Like, yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. I was barely, I was paycheck to paycheck. The family I was standing for was basically taking care of me. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. Um, Almost like an au pair, basically. Yeah. Although well, you they were like place. my au pair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was babysitting their kids, but they were taking care of me. Yeah. Um, They were really amazing. So then, but, and I, I basically told her that. I was like, I can't really afford to do this. Like, yeah. I can't. I, it's I'm just nannying. too long. Yeah, it's yeah. far. I'm nannying, and they're like, "We're gonna make this work for you." So, like, let's let's do this. So I was like, "Okay." So that's cool. Um, so they clearly liked you if they're willing to go. Like, yeah, go we out of hit their it off. And, we really yeah. hit it off right away. Um, yeah. So then I ended up. I started interning for them, and and I they didn't even tell me what I was gonna be doing. They're just like, "You're gonna start interning." So long story short, I basically I was the first official ColourPop hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did all of the concepting and branding for the brand. Super amazing experience. I didn't even At know. Like Twenty one years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wonder if their expectations were pretty low. They're like, eh, this probably isn't going to work out. But, like, give it a shot. I'm curious, like, what their expectations were at, at the time. Well, I, because... So I listened to the podcast that they were on. Yeah. And they were clearly like, we want to do this. Yeah. Um, but they also were like, let's just get started. Let's give it a shot and we'll yeah. learn from there, which I think is a really cool way to do it. They're so fast. So I think they yeah. were just like, just get somebody in here, build something, and we'll figure it out as we go. And and that's what we did. And even then when the brand ended up launching right before it launched, they're like, okay, um, we'd like to hire you full time. And so I didn't have any other job offers. So I started doing that. And then they're like, and we need another one of you. Okay. And so they were like, we need another one of you. So I'm telling all my friends, like, you guys have to apply to this job, come to apply to this job. Nobody wants to work in Oxnard. Nobody wants to work for a startup. <laughs> so nobody would apply. And Laura and John, for usual, are like, we got to get going. So um, instead, I was talking to my mom. This is one of my favorite stories because um, she said, instead of picking a friend, you should pick somebody who you worked with in school, who, who you really like vibed with because you're going to be working close to this person. I was like, oh, you're right. That's actually that's a better angle. So um, I not to, I don't want to derail the story, yeah. but what's really interesting about that, there's a really good book called um, The Founder's Dilemma by a guy named Noam Wasserman. Mm -hmm. And he studies all of these high-growth companies, primarily technology mm -hmm, companies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he looks at the relationship of the founders prior to, to starting these companies and, like, what was most predictive of success. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've got basically four pre-existing relationships. You can be friends. You can be family. You can be um, – you don't know each other at all, right? Or you can be former coworkers. And coworkers was the most successful – then friends, mm, wow. then random acquaintances, then family in terms wow. of predicting success. Um, and that's because, you know, when you have a friendship, like you don't want to give hard feedback to that friend totally. because, you know, you don't want to hurt the friendship. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and family is even more aggressive than that. Mm -hmm. And former coworkers worked really well because you know how to work with each other, whatever. So your mom was way ahead of yeah. her time. And um, it's, it was very foreshadowing now as you probably will hear the rest of my story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sharon, who... I end up recommending we worked on a few class projects together and we were both very just like heads down working, not very social. Yeah. So I recommended her and she basically applied the same situation as me. She didn't want to go back to she's from a tiny town in Arizona, very similar background. Funny. Um her mom is a, was a truck driver. Her dad died when I wonder she if was Pepperdine intentionally tries to recruit people from like different remote. backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Potentially. Because yeah, very similar, which is surprising. Um so I recommended her, she applied she wasn't she also was like i don't really want to work a startup but i don't want to go back to arizona <laughs> so um she started working with me and her and i kind of you know manned the ship i guess with john and laura the first two years we didn't yeah. even really build out the team that much and we did everything we were like hand package packing the packages like driving it to ups but that's the kind of stuff right like a handwritten note in a package is like not something a big brand's gonna do mm -hmm. um there's really some really famous uh startup people that you know or there's a guy named paul graham who founded Y Combinator, and he talks about 
doing things that don't scale. So mm-hmm. like when you're first starting a company, you have to do things that are going to make you stand out. Like Airbnb, 100%. they're fam- they're kind of famous for this. They put a button on the website that said, uh, take professional pictures of your home. Because at the time, people didn't know how to take good pictures yeah. of, like, their apartment. And so you'd press that button. It would send an email to one of the founders who would then drive to your apartment with a camera, take photos of your house, wow. and, like, post it on to, like, wow, get them going, so right? But it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like, that's what you have to do at the beginning. And that's mm-hmm. actually how you stand out. Definitely. ColourPop yeah. did – I think I think that was a big part of ColourPop's success. And that's another thing that I found with Insert Name here is – which yeah. has been interesting to – to do because we're doing those things that are not scalable yep. but then seeing how some of them i can bridge back to color pop in yeah. a scalable way so oh, of course it's been really kind of fun to be doing both a startup like a, a bootstrap startup with now a powerhouse like color pop to see kind of how you can loop things back and it's, it is really interesting it kind of reminds Absolutely. me of hello kitty one of their taglines is um um, small package, big surprises or something like that. And small package, big surprises. Something huh? like that. Yeah, Probably yeah, yeah. not that, but <laughs> something close. We'll do, we'll do like a fact check after yeah, and we'll, yeah. we'll make sure we get it right. For sure. But, and I, it, it's something that stuck with me since we work with them because it, it's true that people love little surprises, rather they're scalable or not. And I do think that that is so important for laying the groundwork of a brand that is relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it connects with people. Exactly. Um, really cool. Well, let's let's dive into insert name here a little bit. And then we'll go back to the ColourPop okay. stuff. Because um, I'm sure like this is, you know, this is so new and so exciting. And yeah. so, so tell me about, so for insert name here, like mm-hmm. what made you decide to start a company? Mm-hmm. What, you know, why, you know, why the space that you're in? Maybe mm-hmm. describe insert name here for those people that haven't heard of it or don't yeah. know what it is. Like what are the products? You know, what's the price point? Yes. That kind of stuff. Um, and then we'll, we'll dive into more and more questions. But okay. yeah, just like What's the brand? All that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Insta Name here is a hair brand, obviously. Um, well, maybe not obviously, but <laughs> um, and we do hair. So, uh, think Ariana Grande ponytail. She actually wore a ponytail in um, one of her most recent music videos with Vogue, which is super exciting. Um, but we have a, kind of the angle that we decided to take was you were asking me earlier, is it more prestige or mastige? And I think that we're a little bit of both because one of the things that we learned at ColourPop is that one of the things that make it so successful is that it's really high quality at an accessible price point. And so that's something that really resonates with us. And so, but hair's a little bit different because you, we're not going to be making it in house, you know, So as far as price point. So, but we did think like a lot of people want to play around with hair and they just can't afford to do it. So we have synthetic options and we have human hair options. Obviously the human hair options are definitely more on the um, prestige end and and price point wise, that's where they align. And it's really, really high quality. Like that's something that's so important to us. And so um, it is prestige and it lines up with other prestige brands. If it doesn't beat them, I have to say. Um, (laughs) And, and then we have more the synthetic options, which are yep. a little bit more for experimentation. And if you're just getting your feet wet into kind of the hair world, because yep. it is kind of a newer space, I think that people aren't as comfortable with. And so yep. these are more experimental pieces, uh, but very transformative. So even though they're synthetic, a lot of them, even if we did have, in most cases, we have the option of synthetic or human hair. and. Yep. I typically wear the synthetic one over the human one Interesting. because you just can't even tell the difference, but it's just yeah. like a mental thing that... The, just people don't, yeah. they want that. Yeah, they yeah. don't like the word synthetic, but um, I mean, you really you really can't tell for the most part. Yeah, um, I mean, at this point, they've been working on it for so long, you'd have yeah. to imagine the technology's gotten to like... It's amazing. And yeah. in some cases, it's lighter weight than human hair. And so Weird. a lot of these hair products that you're wearing as human hair would be, are so heavy, like that ponytail that Ariana Grande wears, that is human hair. And that is... 
heavy. Like <laughs> her wearing that around all day, I she's a superstar in, in her, a whole other way that we haven't discussed enough. Yeah. Um, but so I think that they're they're definitely both options, and there's positives and negatives to both. But that was kind of the angle is that we wanted accessible hair that's really fun, transformative, um, and experimental. And so why hair? Like what made yeah. you decide like this is the category? Yeah. Like especially being somebody who wasn't, I mean, it sounds like you were into hair before, mm-hmm. which is like maybe that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we decided to go into hair because we recognize that hair now is in a similar space that colored cosmetics were in when we launched ColourPop. Okay. So when we launched ColourPop, you know, we kind of noticed that a lot of the um, kind of OG conglomerates, they just, they didn't know how to do social media. They weren't, they didn't really have like a digital presence. They weren't educational. Their content wasn't relevant. It wasn't like speaking to millennials and Gen Z. And so I think that ColourPop was really a part of the big first wave to take colored cosmetics digitally and socially. And we recognized the opportunity to do the same thing with hair. If you think about hair, I think there's only a couple, there maybe only one brand that really people could name off the top of their head in the hair space and it's not because there's a lack of interest but it's just brands haven't done a good job bringing it to the digitizing it I guess and bringing it to the millennial Gen Z customer yeah 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 and I would say that that's Sharon and I's expertise um, from our ColourPop experience and so we were really excited to find an adjacent category that wasn't in beauty that had that we felt had a lot of the same opportunities as ColourPop yeah that makes sense and then Mm -hmm. Obviously, I mean, I, I guess it kind of goes without saying why you decided to work with Sharon again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, how did you think about that initial founding team? Like, how did you think about yeah. like, OK, or maybe how did that who who had the first idea? Was it yeah. something you guys came up with together? And then, you know, you've got Kevin, who's also involved. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how did it all come together? What does everybody focus on? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Sharon and I obviously ended up working at ColourPop for five years together. Um, And that always, that wasn't always, we were kind of like the face of the brand and everybody knew us as best friends, but it wasn't always the case. Like we really, especially because there's no structure at ColourPop, um, they called us Shorten, which a lot of people still call us Shorten. And that's, and it's like our, our team nickname, but, and that name actually originated because John and Laura, the founders of ColourPop had no idea who did what. Literally no idea. So they would we just, just be know like, stuff's happening. They know somebody's doing it. It's one of us. So it would be like, hey, Shorten. Literally, they just started referring to us as Shorten. And then it really <laughs> took off. Um, and so then, but that being said, since there was no structure, and yep. it still was, her and I are like very, like, we love to work. We love to grind out. We always want to make sure we're doing a good job. So naturally, we're pretty competitive. Um, and so they're just the two of us with no guidance, no structure. And a lot of times, like, there, there really wasn't and this any really fast growing company. in a company yeah. that's exploding so many opportunities. Like if you, if it, if you want it and you take it, it's yours and you're yeah. going to own it now. Like whatever we ended up dividing early on, like we owned for five years. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I think that Absolutely. we were, there were some rough spots where we really duked it out. Like we were going pretty head to head on things. Um, but the thing that, which made again, it, going back to it, if you guys were family or if mm-hmm. you were like, really close, just like friends, not like working together, you might not have done that in a constructive way, right? Like it might not have, like you'd be afraid to do that. And you would maybe wouldn't have done it in a constructive way, but you also, you wouldn't have been constantly challenging each other, which I think is one of the reasons why we were maybe like, we really pushed ourselves in our marketing roles because we were competing with the other person and the other person was a badass. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. um, So I think we really duked it out, but to your point constructively, because even though at sometimes it maybe wasn't very constructive, we 
always were able to kind of bring it back and yeah. we would and even if it was for the simple fact of like i can't continue on like this <laughs> so we did have a couple we gotta rethink how this is yeah working. like yeah. we had a couple conversations like that of like wow this is a really shitty work environment when like we hate each other so we're gonna have to talk it out and let's totally start a brand together <laughs> yeah but so that really yeah. happened like the first two or three years of a lot of like head-to-head where one of us always stepped up and was like, no, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, And yeah, we're yeah, going to figure out, like, what the go-forward is. Which is super important. Yeah. I mean, I think both in work relationships as well as I think, you know, I know that my wife and I, we have all times all the time where we clash. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you always have to be willing to come back and be like, exactly. hey, okay, I know we're disagreeing on this, mm-hmm. but let's figure it out. Let's work through exactly. it, et cetera. Yeah, and I think that that was – so that was kind of what led us to, after doing that for so long, then we got to the point where we're not even afraid of the clash. Like, we, yep. you know, it's kind of like, let's see, like, <laughs> what we can kind of come head to head on here, because we always did come out in a much better place. And then yeah. I think we also started to learn that we had very different skill sets. So there really is no reason to compete because we were truly better together. I always say yeah. she's the yin to my yang. Our, our skill sets could not be more opposite. I'm constantly learning from her. Um, yeah. And so over time, we were like, we actually should always be together. Like, we are great together. Yeah. I There's nobody else I would rather do a business with. You have to really trust them. You have to really believe that they're going to pull their weight. And I think that we just obviously developed a great base. So after we were at ColourPop for a while, and, you know, ColourPop's constantly incubating new brands. Yep. And so we got to be really involved on the initial incubation of multiple brands. And we learned we really love building things. That's, like, yeah, the course. most exciting thing. You know, different. It's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. And, and it's, like, and it, it's fun and it's, like, I think a lot of people are a little afraid to do it the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, well, let's just do it. Who yeah. cares? If it works, great. If it doesn't, yeah. you know, whatever. Like, you know, we did this podcast in two days. It's like, well, like, let's see if it works. The worst thing that happens is we have a bunch of tape that we don't use. Yeah. Whatever. You yeah. know, like, same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, so you realized, like, we really love launching brands. Yeah. And so we... We decided we were always like, well, we'll do something together later. Yeah. Um, and then we had obviously we're texting all the time, but we had like a special notepad where we were always putting in ideas of like brands and they were really bad. Like we were thinking like a, <laughs> like a new Tupperware brand or like a couch brand. I was I almost had her sold on a couch brand. Um, and Sharon is very black and white, like cut and dry. She's like, that's a terrible idea, like all the time. So <laughs> I'm always throwing her these ideas and she's telling me they're really bad. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Hair. What about wigs? And she was like, okay, that's the idea. Interesting. And um, okay. a lot of that was because we were seeing so many influencers starting to play with wigs. And, and yep. I wanted to try wigs. And so I ordered a bunch online. And A, it was really hard to find them. You end up just going on Amazon. You have no idea where they're coming from. Yeah. They show up. I tried to get that like Kim K icy wig with the dark roots. Okay. It, it literally, A, it smelled terrible. The roots were <laughs> sharpied on with a sh- like a permanent marker. Like it didn't even meet at the end. It was just like a black, two black bands essentially. <laughs> Oh, and boy. so after playing yeah. around with it a little bit, we were like, yeah, there's definitely like if we're interested in yeah. it and we're seeing our influencer friends are interested in it, there yeah. has to be an interest and nobody's talking about it. Of course. So once we were like, OK, we're going to do this. Well, the idea came to mind that, OK, yeah, this might be the idea. And then ironically, at the same time, Kevin Gould, yeah. um, who we had previously met at a BeautyCon event. Okay. He's one of the original investors in BeautyCon. So he slid into Sharon and I's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> and we, but like, Slightly different context, but yeah. Yeah. yeah business yeah. context. Very modern. Though. I love that business is being done through Instagram. Right? This is wild to me. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously on the on the influencer side, but like, you're working with Kevin yes. Gould. 
and he slid into your DMs. Slid into our DMs. And then what happened? And we were kind of like, what the heck is this so bizarre? And then he slid in individually. Okay. And then he was like, I'd love to meet him for dinner. And we were like, what is this? And then we were talking to each other about it. And then he group messaged us because we didn't answer him. We are like, oh, no, 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 we don't have time okay. for this. So then he group messaged us and he's like, I would really like Came to back take again. you guys to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But together. And so then, and which I think was less intimidating because originally when somebody comes to your DMs, you're like, hmm. But then when he grouped it, we were like, huh, okay. extra This is hot. not for like, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's not trying to business. date us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So then uh, we go to dinner with him and he's like, he's very charismatic also. Kevin, gotcha. he could sell you a paper bag. There you go. <laughs> so. I mean, he sent me, he slid into my LinkedIn. He like, not surprised <laughs> me. Not yeah, the, we wrote about insert name rapping. here and then I got like a message immediately and I was yeah. like, oh, hey. He is so, he's the Yeah, king. I haven't met him before. Just you like, need to meet him. Yeah, he's yeah. very charismatic, super, super scrappy. Um, also like really great growth story that is really inspiring. Um, but so we met with him and, and he was like, what are your guys' ideas? And Sharon and I were very skeptical. So we were like, like not saying anything, nothing, wouldn't say people. He was like, I really want to work with you guys. I want to work with you guys. And we kept, we we were pretty cold. And then he kept meeting up with us, like repeatedly. Kept reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to dinner like once a month. And then like on the third or fourth time. Which is pretty flattering that he's putting all this time into. Yeah. 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 And he's also very inspiring to talk to because he is so like amped all the time. So he did get <laughs> us really excited because we we had ideas and we wanted to launch a brand, but we weren't thinking at all like we're going to launch a brand right now. And yeah. but he was like so confident and sure and stoked that yeah. he got us kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe this is a thing. And then eventually we told him what our idea was, which yep. was the hair. Yep. And literally the next day, I'm not joking, we met that night. It was a late dinner at like 10 p.m. The next morning at 6 a.m. He sends us a 15 page report on the on the whole market space and is like. It's a great idea. We should do it. And we were like, oh, my gosh, really intimidated. And we were like, Super he's going to steal our idea. Ah. So we were kind of like, oh, my gosh. But then. And You're so, underestimating your own role in this. Yeah. You, you guys are pretty important to the, the brand. I, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not so, just like, oh, it's a hair. You know, there's plenty of people that want to have yes, hair extensions. Yeah. Yes. So then he sends us this report. And we're still kind of hemming and hawing. Then, like, a week later, he's like, can you come meet me at the office? We go to his office. He has all these interviews lined up for us. We're meeting, like, product development. We're meeting, like, these kids what? from USC who are, like, website. <laughs> builders like he's ready to roll wow. so when we meet these people this is pretty cool yeah he's he's really cool um so we meet these people and we meet one of them who's a product development and she's like and it, the whole thing is very like how it all came together very magical like we've had so many things happen where i'm just like how the fuck did that happen yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, yeah like one of them being that we found this product development um girl who's amazing she's like uh, the hair wizard and now come to find out now that we've been in this space for a while they yeah she's like a unicorn Oh, wow. There this is, like, none. not common? There are none. We can't even find another one. Like, wow. very difficult to find hair This is experts. product product development, yes. specifically? Yeah, okay. because it's just not a space that's tapped that much. And so, got so lucky that we found her immediately. Yep. And we started working with her immediately. Yeah. Within, we, we started talking to Kevin in July. Um, we launched the brand, a soft launch, in September. Yep. And Wow. Yeah. July to September. That's really and That fast. was talking like our first dinner, not even like you didn't even know the concept for like three to four weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, both that that happened and that it can happen, right? Because mm-hmm. like, you know, 10 years ago, that's not possible. No. Like you can't turn that around from like a website perspective and all these mm-hmm. other elements. Mm-hmm. Um, that's wild. So mm-hmm. then launched in September and launched then September. how's it gone since then? It's going great. Yeah. Um, when we started. How, how are you balancing it? Because you're still at ColourPop too, yes, right? I so am. And Sharon, but Sharon's doing this full time? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, was, yeah. I thought it was going to be like this little side, like a little hobby. I've heard of other people doing that, you know, like yeah, Nancy yeah, shop. Yeah. And, um, but then after about three months, it was really growing. You know, we've grown 
quite a bit every month, like at least 40% month over month. And so by the time we we're like three to four months in, we we're like, oh, wow, holy cow, this needs a lot more of our time. And it was just me, Sharon and Kevin and this product development girl. And we had a couple like interns, well, like we had a kid from USC who built our entire website. Like yep. they were just all these really scrappy kids just doing really cool things. Um, but at, by March of 2019, we were like, okay, I got to, I got to break the news. So yeah, yeah, yeah. then I told ColourPop they were literally, I was mortified to tell them. Like, yep. I've never been more scared. I lost sleep for, like, a month prior to building up to this moment. And then I told Laura, and she literally could not have had a better response. She was so sweet, supportive, kind. We would, like... Well, she's an entrepreneur, too, yeah. right? So, like, that's, like... I, I know that we get a ton of satisfaction of seeing people launch their mm-hmm. own things. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had several of our alumni launch their own companies, and we try mm-hmm. to be as supportive as we can, mm-hmm. whether they're currently at the company or, or not. And yeah. so, yeah. That's she's, cool. She's That's awesome. So great. And so now I'm am yeah, at both brands, um, which is another great thing that they've been really supportive of. Um, because we're also not paying ourselves yet out of out of yeah. insert name here. Yeah, so yeah, of course, ColourPop's super important to me. Also, I just love the brand. Like it's my first child. And of course, so I mean, like really from the ground to up there. to yeah. being. I mean, it's literally the number one brand we track, which yeah. is wild Mm -hmm. like that's just crazy like (laughs) i don't think people have a it's hundreds of thousands of pieces of content created a year about color pop hundreds of thousands yeah like it's a beast i don't think i mean even now once and i didn't realize what a beast it was until i leave like once you get you're kind of in like a color pop bubble when you're there you don't realize like what you have in the oxnard bubble yeah because there's (laughs) nobody around you you're not like networking with other beauty brands no so and then you start your own brand you're like wow wow yeah (laughs) that's that's pretty crazy it's crazy i mean it's like especially with the you know you've got the integrated manufacturing and all that just Mm -hmm. such a big deal yeah um very cool okay so what so couple more questions on insert name here then i want to dive really quickly into ColourPop. so what are your goals with the brand like what do you want to do um we want to be the biggest hair brand in the space there you go like it <laughs> love it how do you think about uh influencers within that strategy like mm-hmm. and how many of those you know how much of the initial success is because you guys have built these relationships over mm-hmm. the course of years mm-hmm. um like how do you think about their role in the brand itself yeah influencers have been major for us um, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've been so lucky that so many people in the industry and influencers have been incredibly supportive of sharon and i and a lot yep. of that is from our previous relationships with them um so we've gotten a ton of early support early on that was very organic organic just because yep. they they were um they're they're real friends of ours of course um so those have been that's been really key for the brand uh, i also think since we are bootstrapped you know we're we're in-house we have, we're renting out like a, a work office space in in another building and so we don't have a ton of resources and yep. influencers are they're creating all of our content like of we course. rely very yeah. heavily on influencers yeah. for all aspects we're also um we do a ton of paid partnerships like that's a really big okay. but we have it set up like a lot more different maybe than other brands and and it's something i think since the influencer space is changing literally every quarter i would say like yeah, a massive change absolutely um so a big part of of our kind of strategy with insert name here has been to do something different and okay. all of our partnerships i think are kind of out of the box and we're still fine-tuning a lot of them to see what makes sense what doesn't make sense um but we work very heavily with influencers whether that's on paid content general content creation like for our yep. website um and yeah very cool. <clears throat> and then when you're thinking about kind of how to choose who to work with, how do you think about that? Mm-hmm. 
We primarily look at engagement. Okay. Um, which we're a little worried with the new Instagram changes, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it has been in decline generally. Yes. Yes. True. Yeah. Um, but we, a lot of the partners that we've worked with that we found the most success aren't the biggest influencers. It's the influencers with the best engagement. And gotcha. There are like the up and coming guys. Yeah, up and coming yeah. are even people who've been around for quite a while, and they're not even they're not really continuing to grow, but they yep. have great engagement. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we actually try to benchmark people who have thirty percent engagement for anybody wow. that we're partnering with. And you'd be surprised. There's a lot of them. Wild, yeah. But they're not that big. And yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot. There's not a lot of them. But um, yeah. those are the people who are really going to convert. And they're usually much smaller, like in the 100K range. Um, they're usually not bigger than 200K even. Um, but those are the people who have who have kind of performed the best for us. And, and they're also the most excited to work with us because they are smaller. So let's talk a little bit about – so obviously you talked a little bit about paid partnerships within mm-hmm. insert name here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about ColourPop. Yeah. So, you know, I know that one of the core pillars of success for ColourPop mm-hmm. has been the collaborations yes. that you guys have done, um, whether that's with Disney or it's mm-hmm. with Kathleen or it's mm-hmm. with, um, you know, Becky or whatever. Mm-hmm. So what got you guys into that space first? Mm-hmm. And then how do you think about that? Like, how do you think about who to partner with? How many are we going to do a year? Mm-hmm. How how involved are they in the product creation process? Like, I know I would love to learn a lot more about that. I know mm-hmm. a lot of other people would love to learn a lot more about that too. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about that because I know you're you're really intimately involved with that, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. yeah, collabs are my baby. Um, yeah. That's kind of my main focus currently. Which is such a big part of the success of ColourPop. Yeah, yeah. It's been a big, one of our main pillars of the brand. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because it first started, we were actually just talking about this in like a company meeting, but um, we, there was this girl on Instagram, Slave to Beauty was her name, and she yeah. was a really big fan of ours. She was posting us all the time. And we were like, oh, you know what we should do and her whole um feed was pink she's actually still on instagram you check her out slave to beauty um her whole feed was like hot pink and so um we really appreciate all the posts she was doing for us and we made her a custom shade called slave to pink okay and we gifted it to her and we're like hey we made this for you and we're also selling it on the site and it like blue doors at the time we were tiny like so tiny gosh like this is huge (laughs) like this is crazy so that was kind of our first trigger especially as like a broke college student you're like this is so much money yeah well all ColourPop at the time i mean this is we're hand delivering these packages UPS and now for reference we're the biggest supplier to UPS uh, or USPS on the west coast like we were driving these ourselves and now we're number one so it's a very large scale it's a mind-boggling yeah. statement you just yeah. made mm-hmm. you wouldn't not believe the amount of packages there's a lot of companies in California yeah number one UPS <laughs> number, okay. one. number one on tribe number one on UPS USPS <laughs> that is crazy okay um, so we did that, and we obviously noticed immediate success. And so we were like, oh, "Okay, how? Like, what's a bigger way we can do this?" So we mm-hmm. we did it with uh, some other influencers, and and we really kind of right out the gate, we were really testing different audiences. So yep. we did some lifestyle people. We did people who were just doing product flat lays, and then we were mm-hmm. doing more beauty influencers. And obviously, at the time, there was a much there was a much, much larger correlation with beauty influencers because it's just like a direct, you know, it makes sense with their audience. Yeah. Um, and I would say one of the first, like, well, the first collab that really kind of set the stage for. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. program was with Kathleen Lights. Yep. And at the time, she had 200K followers, and um, she, but she was giving it. What's she, she at now? Like a couple million? Yeah. Or, yeah. I think she's at like three okay. or five, maybe. Yeah. I'm really bad at numbers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I should know. But, but she I has know. amazing engagement, did then, still yep. has amazing engagement. Yep. She's a really organic influencer. Um, and so 
she had done a dedicated video about us, about a haul, and was just, like, over the moon about us. And so um, we flew her out from Miami, and we met with her, like, so nice, so genuine. We ended up launching one lipstick with her. It's called Lumiere. Yeah. And that literally blew doors. Like, we it sold out instantly. People were freaking out. We got a ton of new followers. Like, people love Kathleen, and she's actually a collaborator we still work with to this day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we collab with her even Don't let go of the golden once or goose. twice a year. Yeah. No. And, and it's great for her, too, right? It's like, great, yeah. It's helped build her brand. Exactly. And- it's a, you know, we totally beneficial. grown together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she's such a great partner as far as like when we're like, hey, can you do this? This is going to help your sales like instantly. Like there's no she gets it and she does it. And she's she also has a lot of really great creative concepts, which kind of falls into your other question yep. of how do we pick our partners? Yep. And um, all the, I would say there's a couple different ways that we pick them. But one of the main ways that we pick them is obviously at the ColourPop office, like we're concepting and coming up with um ideas that that we're excited about that yep. resonate with us but that's that's like we're a bubble and yep. so when we're looking at partners particularly influencers not brands um we're looking for somebody who's going to bring something else to the table yep. that's outside of what we would do yep. um so a good example of that is the perception palette with okay. Shayla yeah, yeah, yeah. um that was our first collaboration with her and it was very very colorful i i really think she was one of the first people to go like full out in color because at yeah. the time this is when people were really into like oranges and yellows and, and stuff like that but nobody was doing like these pops of color um and Shayla came in and did it and I remember the first time that we showed the palette to the team and they were all like huh because it was just not something that we had <laughs> and it did amazing yeah absolutely and that's well, just... there's other people out there that have the same views as her exactly. the same you know like yeah it doesn't have to just be the people in this room that come up with yeah. ideas yeah it's kind of like bringing a consultant to the table with like just totally fresh ideas and being like go run with it like whatever you're interested in and that's how we handle our collab program is when we bring somebody in I know a lot of them even come in and they're surprised because they're like, well, in my past collabs, like I was given a table of product and they said, pick whatever you want. You can put it together and we'll launch it. And ours, we start from scratch. Like when we did our collab with Becky G, she's like, We did our first call with her. This is the like, Ola Chola? Well, we or, have... This, or that was not the original one. No, That's the, the most recent one, right? Right. Yeah. The original one um, was Salvaje. Okay. Um, okay. And we did our first call with her, and we're on the phone. We're like, what kind of shades are you thinking? And she's like, I'm envisioning the staccato and the streets of Mexico. And yeah. Like, telling us, like, the reds, and there's this special stone. And literally, that's what the shades are made out of. Erin yeah. Lindsay's on the phone, who's an amazing product developer. And she yep. works so great with influencers because she can they'll be telling her stuff like, oh, I have this, like, purple couch that I just love. And it has these, like, sequins on it. And she'll be like, okay, yeah, I got it. I can make this a shadow. Wow, <laughs> so, there you go. But that's basically the process. These people are starting from scratch. Like, they'll bring in something weird and be like, I want to match this. And it'll be like a rock or like a <laughs> nail or like a picture, like a weird picture on Pinterest of like a building. And you're like, okay, we're going to make this a shadow. Well, and I think ColourPop and Seed Beauty is in like a very unique position to do that. Yes. Like not everybody can do that. Like yeah. most people, it's going to take years to kind of get something like that yeah. done. You guys can be like, we're going to do this in a week. Mm-hmm. Well, we've actually done it overnight before. Wow. Um, we did what a, was that story? It, we did a collab with Dancing with the Stars. Um, I was told, this was one of my earliest stories. Yes. And it was like one of the, it was a big catalyst for you guys early on, um, right? Yeah, it was, it, I, it wasn't like, it's not like it was one of our biggest collaborations, but I think yep. it really showed us like, wow, we can put together something pretty quick. And, uh, okay, okay. and like we can, our, I don't know, it's just, I feel like it's so symbolic of ColourPop. Like yeah. if we want it done, we will figure out how to Find get it done. Find a way, yeah, yeah, And yeah. we, it was with Rumor Willis. We yep. literally, they told us like on a Thursday it was going to win. We had it ready to go by Friday. It launched on like Saturday. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, or maybe Sunday, whenever that airs. But we did it. Which is for overnight. people that aren't involved in the product development world, like 
madness. Yeah, it like, takes people like six months to years. Yeah, two to three years yeah. are often the planning calendars mm-hmm. for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, in the interview with um, with Laura, she talked about like for us, like I don't know what's going to be popular in three years. Exactly. Like I know what's popular today. Exactly. And like that's just such a big competitive mm-hmm. advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you think about – how did you think about the kind of the structure of that team? So as it grew mm-hmm. outside of you and Sharon mm-hmm. and you were leading a you know larger and larger team, like mm-hmm. who are the per- first people, like, like what were the first roles that you hired for? And what, what do you think, like if you were to say some of the things that propelled you guys to where you're at now, what were some of those early investments that maybe other brands weren't making? Like mm-hmm. what, what, what were the other things that worked really well? You know, we kept our team so lean, um, but I do think that we didn't even have like an analyst at the beginning. And that was a big thing that we brought on. It gave us a lot of insight. So we weren't shooting in the dark, but, um, and then also a lot more individual attention on each platform, like social platform. I think that that was really, really helpful because at the beginning, Sharon's doing like everything visual. She's doing all the platforms. Um, and it was just like a lot. And so I think um, more specialized roles on platforms, copywriting. Yep. Uh, that's something that's so important to ColourPop is the voice. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really yeah. fun. That is a hard role to fill. Um, yeah. But we have Nikki Del Mundo who currently does it. She's amazing. Uh, yep. And that was probably that second was a- shout out she's gotten. Really? I should oh, give yeah. her a shout out too. She is great at copy. And yeah. that's, I think that's one of the key roles that we brought on earlier. Um, Jeez, they're so. I mean, everybody on the team at ColourPop is such a rock star that when you brought them on, you're like, "How did we survive before you?" <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's hard. But I think when you're wearing so many hats early on, too, mm-hmm. like you're doing, like you said, mm-hmm. Sharon's doing like four different jobs at yes. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay, so let's get into some marketing philosophy questions. Are there any other brands that you look at that you're really inspired by that you try to draw from, whether it's in the beauty industry, outside of the beauty industry? Mm-hmm. And it can be that you're like, I don't really pay attention to other brands. This is just kind of all I pay attention mm-hmm. to. Um, well, obviously, INH, I lean really heavily on ColourPop strategy because they yep. are a think tank. Outside of that, um, there's definitely a lot of brands that I look at. Um, one brand that's totally random that I look at, but I do want to give them a shout out, is Starface. Okay. They have like 35K followers on Instagram. Their okay. content is so original and okay. clever. And I always am looking at them because I'm, I'm like, I need to beat this girl. She's, whoever's running this is so clever. And I think <laughs> that stuff like that, like unique, clever, um, kind of like, funny and cheesy is yeah. is unique and so that's something that somebody that I'm really interested in. I'm really interested in Girlfriend Collective right now. I love okay. seeing what they're up to. Um Curology is somebody that I really look at a lot. Okay. I think they are just killing it on across all channels. I see them everywhere. Like I see them they're on like YouTube. They're like an acne product, right? It's an acne product, yep. yeah. Um, but they're just, I think they're doing an amazing, amazing job um yep. with their, you know, multi-strategy approach. Um, those are kind of the top three that I've been paying attention to lately. Okay. And are there any other like resources that you use? So for like people that want to be where you're at today, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, are there any other areas where they can like go to like, you know, like, what do you read about? How do you stay up on marketing and the industry? And Mm -hmm. like, what are your resources there? Yeah, um, not to not not for heavy petting, but actually tribe. Um, oh yeah, your guys' newsletter <laughs> is nice. such an amazing summary, especially for the influencer space of like what other people are doing and kind yep. of benchmarks and who they're working with. I remember when that first started coming out. I, I've been signed up for that for like since day one. Oh literally. yeah, very I think literally early day on. one. <laughs> um, but that's genuinely really helpful, and I think that's really the only 
like recap I do for influencer space in particular yep, is probably yep. Tribe. And then another um, outlet, I guess, that I reference pretty often is Business of Fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, and they have an amazing Instagram. Like, I oh, I love a lot of their I don't articles. follow them on Instagram. You should. They, they do yeah. such a great job, like, summarizing and, and making it, like, very clickbaity hot topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those are probably my top two that I, that I reference the most in the space. That makes sense. Well, I love that I'm one of the top two. Yeah, that we're sure. one of the top two. Yeah. God, terrible. Okay. All right. Let's do some quick fire. These are just okay. for fun. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cable, Netflix, or YouTube? What Netflix. do you watch? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like we're Netflix generation. Uh-huh. But I feel like, you know, our like the engineers we just hired out of school are like, oh, what did you do this weekend? He's like, I watched YouTube. I'm like, yeah. is that a real thing? Yeah. Like people just like click on, he's like, what do you do? He's like, well, I like, go to youtube.com. I click on a video and then videos just keep coming. Oh and I'm God. like, that is madness yeah, to me. No, I can't do that. Billion hours a day. Wow. Billion so hours watched crazy. a day. Nuts. Um, okay. If you could live one place in the world other than where you live today, where would you live? Uh, France. France? Mm-hmm. Okay. Where in France? Country, um, city. I would live in southern France, maybe probably like Aix-en-Provence, probably. Okay. And we didn't talk about it, but you were there for like a year and a half, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. French? Are you like fluent? I was fluent. I doubt I have any more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I tried to learn French for like a minute, and then I realized that, you know, all these French executives are going to be much better at English than I'm going to yeah. be at French. So, like, you I'm just going to move on. You would use it that often, actually, so. Yeah. So, fun questions, fast hitting. Let's go. Okay. Um, so, what is your favorite book and why? Um, I would say I have two. Okay. Um, one is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. No way. That You know that Ashton just said that, Seriously? right? Seriously? Yeah, no way. Yeah, oh we just gosh. went through the whole same thing. Um, so I ripped the cover off the front because I yeah. hate the name. It's the name such is a bad ac- name. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, it really rubs people wrong when you first show them. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're like, what? Like, yeah. how to win friends? Yeah. It's awful. No, it's so good, though. But it's like, it's the, the I, I said this already, but the best part about it is that it's actually about, like, authenticity. Yeah. And, like, being a good person yeah. and communicating mm-hmm. and, like... Which is just, it's just, uh, maybe that's why it works though, right? You read yeah. the cover, you're like, this is terrible. Yeah. And then you read the book and it's like, your expectations were so low. And now <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. You're like, this seems a little It's shady. like when you get told a movie is like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a six and a half on IMDb. You're like, Ugh. And then you watch it and you're like, this is actually pretty good. Right. The bar yeah. was so low, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Expectation setting. It's yeah. important. Okay, yeah. what's the second one? Um, The second one is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I can't even process right now who it's by. But I don't remember, but everybody should book. know the book. Yeah, that's a good one. And the last one I'll say actually that I just read is "Lean In" by okay. Sheryl Sandberg. Sandberg. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. so good. Especially I think if you're a female in the industry, I think yep. it's really great. Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting about Cheryl in that book is like that book came out just prior. This is terrible, but just prior to her husband dying. Yeah, I think a lot of what that book was about was like leaning into your career yeah. and not being afraid, and and so you know, um, and then having her go through this like terrible, terrible life changing event. I haven't read the book after that, but I, you know, there's another book that came mm-hmm. out after, and it's, it's, uh, it's just a really interesting situation. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to read the other one because the first one was so like she talks about him so much too. Yeah, how amazing. He is. Well, he's I can't supposedly even... a really amazing, Ugh. awesome person. I know. So yeah. Um, okay, so what shows are you currently binge watching? Uh, Cheer. Oh, like Cheers, like it's, the old one. No, it's new. It's called Cheer. It's okay. so good. I binge, I'm not actually big. Well, I I'm not a big Netflix watcher because when I get started, I have to finish. Like it's OCD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just like I bear, I don't sleep. I just watch it the whole night. So I try not to. But Cheers is a really good one. And then yep. my second favorite, I can never just say one. I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is That's fine. Sex Explained. 
It, I so I've seen that recommended on like so popular good. on Netflix. Yeah. What about it's good? Like is it's it? It's just it's so educational on so yep. many like it's a and it's it's so digestible because it's a bunch of like twenty minute segments like covering yep. a lot of different things. Um, there's like fertility, attraction, like every everything you can think of, and so interesting. Like I yeah. I always feel guilty kind of watching Netflix, but this one I really felt. I literally took notes on my phone. I should show you. It's bad. <laughs> it's like pages because it's so interesting. Like I just thought that it was really educational. Interesting. Okay, and then. How would you describe your personal brand? Oh, wait. We'll do that one. How would you okay. describe your personal brand in three words? I've actually been working on kind of changing my personal branding, like as far as on <laughs> okay. social, yeah. to be more of these things, which I think I'm doing a good job. But um, I think that mine's very organic. Okay. Um, Beauty-related, because okay. obviously that's my industry. Yeah. And um, I don't know how to make this one word, so I probably just won't. But yeah, um, I'm we can really... expand. We're expanding each category. So okay, yeah, yeah, go, good, for good. Okay. go for it. Go for it. Um, my other one would be probably like animal based, maybe just because my original passion, my number one passion, is animals. Yeah, and so I have been fortunate enough to have a little bit of a social following where then I can kind of like reflect back. So I often post like animals that are available for adoption or mm. um, things like that. Like and, and my dog who. If anybody follows me on social, it is the star of my social page. So, <laughs> animals. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And then um, let's do. Well, we'll do two more. Celebrity crush and why? Ooh. Um. I would say my celebrity crush is Max. I think it's like Max Mangilla or something like that from The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. okay. He's not even like a main character. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who he is. I've seen the show, but I don't remember who he He's is. He's like the the spy kind of he's like the assistant to okay. the main guy he's the driver he's the driver okay okay god it's been like a few years since i've watched it. i haven't watched the most recent season he's like the guy that the main character's hooking up with like oh on the, on the side yeah on the, the one that she's not supposed guy. to right okay he's the baby okay, daddy okay. okay that makes sense but hopefully i mean i just unveiled yeah. like the whole movie so <laughs> it's fine yeah teaser yeah no. but i love it right. yeah he's so cute Okay, and then this is a funny one. So this is a total inside joke. Mostly okay. people at Tribe are going to get okay. it. So we do Ask Me Anythings at Tribe where okay. we go, you know, we'll do for an hour. People can ask anybody what questions they have on Slack, and then people have to answer it. Okay, so the this. running joke of the Slack okay. is, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or okay. one horse-sized duck? Okay. Um, and for people who are listening, we talked about this a little bit before. <laughs> we did. And so, or well, mostly I sent it like, "Hey, this is a question we might talk yeah. about." And she thought it was more about like, "What would you adopt?" <laughs> or like, "What would you rather have?" I didn't say fight. <laughs> so I thought I just said. What oh, would I didn't you... write fight. So oh, I just wrote that. Like, yeah, it just say? says one hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized yeah. duck. So for you, you're like, well. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually, because he asked me, he's like, oh, we have some optional questions that we might not cover at the end. And I was like, oh, I want to cover that one because it says like optional next to it. And he's like, this one about the ducks and horses? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, why? And I was like, I would love a hundred duck-sized horses. <laughs> and I was like, he's like, what? Because I was so excited about it. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was like, what do you mean? Why? And I was like, how cute is that? It's like a herd of Pokemon. Like, why would you not want that? And he was like, no, no, you're fighting them. It makes, so, like, makes so much sense now with your ranching oh, background, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> have a ranch of a hundred hundred duck-sized horses but that um, sounds magical to me oh i wouldn't be able to fight them i'd be like taming them absolutely absolutely <laughs> well i want to thank you so much for taking out the time jordan it really means a lot to me i think people are going to learn a lot from our conversation and um and i really encourage people to check out the brand um mm -hmm. support your brand and um and yeah i just want to thank you again and thank ipsy and the team again as well for letting us use the space and so thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on the show. Obviously, been a big fan of yours and Tribes for a long time. So super excited to be on We're here. pumped. Number yeah. two. Yes. There number we two. go. Awesome. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. 
Hit subscribe now. Earned by Tribe Dynamics. Tribe Dynamics unlocks your social media influencer community. Our platform not only tracks and measures your best influencer relationships, but discovers new influencers to grow your business through earned media. Get started with a demo today at TribeDynamics.com. TribeDynamics.com.